Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and we've let Don take uh, one more little, you know, mini vacation one. before the... Uh, before his next vacation. Well, bef- yeah. <laughs> we well before vacation. school starts for the vacation kids. It's almost fall. Yeah, fall right. sneaking That's up true. on us. It's coming. So uh, we have in his stead our very own Wes Bryan, a friend of the show, been here many times. Wes, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back. And you you played fantastically on uh, Password last week. We did the game show. This guy. Um, yeah, lovely. I found out that when you actually give words that people can understand uh, yeah. it, it works out because boy you shouldn't have, you, you would have seen the dry run that we did the trial oh man wow i couldn't come up with I, I was west was word. taking the dry run like it was serious like our yeah, kids like, were on know. the line i don't absolutely yeah. like, our kids will die know. unless you get these right and he's yeah. right i'm sweating what kind of crazy words are they giving us God. Like, i think they mean us to not get it right <laughs> yeah we want to see how the game looks yeah, yeah. it was fun though yeah, yeah. joking aside we had a we had a good time that's fun. on the uh itpro tv youtube channel so mm-hmm. make sure to check that out and we're also joined by daniel lowry who was the big winner of the show i believe right well i think wes was the big winner i oh, was, was the overall winner, winner. wes was winner. the overall winner he got gotcha, you gotcha. he won both he won rounds both times. yeah i only won when i was with wes yeah in, <laughs> in wes's defense i mean he was just against ronnie and adam so honestly i think wes and i are probably the dream team yeah yeah you when know it what comes because i, to, I said wavelength. default that was my so what was that gateway gateway yeah, was yeah. the default password gateway. and i just said default and he goes gateway gateway yeah i'm like perfect yes. well i love how it said combined certifications 205 and i'm like well i got one of those certifications adam's got the 204 yeah all right well uh we've got a lot of news to get to uh this week uh, don even on his vacation curated these stories yes. uh, personally so yes. uh some really good ones a lot of microsoft focused stuff um but but some other news in here as well so let's go ahead and jump in with our first one it comes to us from tomshardware.com microsoft now sells windows 11 licenses directly to PC DIYers. And so it says here previously you would have had to buy Windows 10, install it, and then do an upgrade. So, I mean, this has been a long time coming. So, honestly, mm-hmm. the technical way to install Windows is to pirate it from somewhere. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know why they're putting price tags on these. That's things. weird. Yeah. I didn't know it's you. Very strange. People pay for this? <laughs> yeah. Don't do that, by the way. That's uh, not cool. <laughs> I thought that was a feature in Windows. Just that little stealing. text in the corner that says, This is not a genuine copy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that just. That's how I knew it was a genuine copy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I mean, Windows 11's been out since what, this is last October. So yeah, this why why do you think this took so long? I think they probably wanted to wait for reception on it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had some pretty bad Microsoft operating systems in the past, and Windows 10 seemed to be uh, recognized and you know received really well. So I, I think that probably had something to do with it. Let's see how the public likes it before we offer it to you. Let's hedge our bets. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, nobody's going to like it if they can't install yeah, it. I mean, yeah. we'll just roll it back. If nobody likes this Windows 11 thing, we'll just... Do you, do you think it was a deal at all with the manufacturers to say, hey, if you want this new awesome Windows, you've got to buy a new computer? Uh, you know, it's a good question. Well, like... Honestly, anything we say is going to be speculation without having some well, sort of Well, that's what like, we're here for. You know, inside. So don't <laughs> take this as the gospel of Paul out there, everybody. Um, but, you know, think of how large an organization Microsoft is and how many missteps they've made in the past. So maybe there's some truth to what Wes is saying about, you know, maybe you know, I mean, Vista was a thing. There was oh, something yeah. we had oh, to. Millennium edition. Right? We that had to suffer through yeah. these things. And they may not have wanted to put all their chips in the middle. At that time, but you Who can knows? still you could still go out and buy ten, right? Or no? Does yeah, that you just can mean, buy ten. Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, if you were to, to build a PC right now, Wes, what are you putting on there I'm gonna for put Windows? Win- I'm going to put Windows 11 on there. 11. And I just do that because I want the newest operating system. Now, had you asked me that when Vista or Windows 8 came out, I would have said, I'm just waiting. You said, I'd, I'd still say 11. <laughs> yeah, I'd say 11 when it comes I'm out. waiting. I'm Talk waiting to 10, 10 years. years. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We've never heard of this. Uh, Windows you know, 11. To me, it's just Windows 11. Uh, Windows 11 is just Windows 10 with a new set of paint. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some new features that are kind of cool in it uh, as well. But um, as far as the and I'm not a programmer. I don't look at the code, but so you know, it's functionality-wise, it, it's really similar it's to Windows fun, 10. Window, uh, uh, Wes and I were messing around with Windows 11 today, mm-hmm. and it gave us an error. This version of Windows 10 doesn't support that. And we're I'm like, not in mm, Windows 10. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, it's a good, you know, they're just letting me know that in Windows 10, that's not supported. Yes. You know. Someone doing the find and replace 11. forgot yeah. one. That, that's the copy pasta right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah just, all they did is control F, yeah. 10, uh, replace with 11. Oh, crap. New, new version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. New version. Oh, new ba- new wallpaper. Put it out of new wallpaper. Burn you it. joke that about that, but I've actually modified INF files that were looking for a specific version of Windows, and it said, this is not supported. So you open the text file and you put the supported version in there and save the file. And when it goes back, it's like, oh, you're running the supported version of the operating system. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Nailed it. They're doing great checks out there. That's funny. <laughs> well, it says uh, the download prices for Home and Pro are 139 and 199 respectively. So, uh, yeah, if you're building a PC, um, go ahead and, and get the latest and greatest, or I, you know at least I the latest. Would do? I wish they would make like a very streamlined, fast version of Windows. And maybe they do, and I just don't know about it. But I would love like a minimalist. Well, it's almost like the RT distro. one that they did when they did the first ARM Surface. Kind of, but RT was based, you know, but like that was, no it was multitasking, ARM, right? right? Well, it was ARM architecture. It's ARM architecture, so it's, yeah. really, so it's, it's very specific. Yeah, you've yeah. eliminated the, the, you know, pretty much the entirety of the entire business opera, uh, business market when so you do that. Here, here's, a, here's a fun little fact. I have two laptops at home. One is like a 2015 MacBook Pro. And I have a like a Lenovo Flex Five, right? And one is running Windows Ten, and one is running Mac OS. And even though my my Flex Five is like it's it's a tenth gen i five, and it runs a whole lot slower than that Mac, hmm. right? On certain things, just certain things, it goes bogged down. Yeah, and that Mac that is running so much faster. Mac, right, yeah. it's running so much faster. Even though like the CPU utilization is better, I don't see the delay and the lag that I do in the even though it's showing when my CPU isn't being as as taxed as much mm. as the Mac is. I, I would I would love to understand those benchmarks. I'm I'm not really into hardware a whole lot, but so maybe Wes and I'll like have some fun with it one day, just kind of mm-hmm. do some benchmarking. But well, didn't we talk about? Uh, I feel like there was a story a while back where Windows was. Um, creating basically like a, a Chrome uh, OS competitor, that, and then they just yeah, kind of scrapped right. that. So I think they were probably trying that. Yeah, I mean, they. they I would love to see that because there's so much stuff that runs Windows based, but I don't need all the stuff that Windows kind of gets bottled in and kind of bloats the yes. operating system, makes it run slow and, ineff- yeah. and inefficiently, and. You know, I shouldn't have to upgrade my PC because we've upgraded operating systems. This is Windows 11 SE is a Chrome competitor. Uh, That's right. I remember that. But now. didn't yeah. that didn't that die? I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, well, I don't use Microsoft for that. If it didn't, <laughs> work. I do. It right. I sit there and say, "You dangerous. You just said you had a Windows laptop." I do, but I don't like use it. It's not. Your I use it for driver. like one specific yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Because it's Windows, your honeypot, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
that's how I know where the attacks are coming. Yeah. Oh, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. You you just you just throw that low hanging fruit out on your Windows network. machine's smoking yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> They're in. All right. Well, let's move on to our next one. Speaking of things uh, smoking and on fire, uh, theverge.com brings us the next one. Google Cloud and Oracle servers suffering cooling breakdowns during UK heat wave. And temperatures in the UK reached a high of 104, and that's the Fahrenheit measurement because if that was Celsius, uh, they'd all be dead. But um, th- we, I mean, we we heard about infrastructure things last week of like runways cracking and things that j- they're just not made for that kind of temperature. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was I'm surprised by because you know if there's one place that has AC, it's the server farm. Even even over there where it's cool a lot of the times. Right. That's what gets me because we we've talked about it. You know, anybody that lives in Florida, you know, we we deal with the heat, and we and let's face it, you know, as a as a, you know nationally if. If there's a heat wave up north, there's a lot of people that just can't deal with it because they don't have central heating air, yeah. they don't have wall units. But I'm, I'm like you. This is a data center. Yeah. It's, if not, your, ready. it's not your mom's flat. <laughs> yeah, there's a one window AC yeah. unit in the uh, in the Google Cloud. Yeah, we got a half center. a billion dollars of yeah. rack and stack yeah. behind us. Uh, maybe we should probably have an AC to help keep the cooling. Like, typically, well, we open the door. There's so get a cross I, breeze. I assume they have air conditioning because I don't give a I don't care where in the world you set these things. They're going to heat up enough so that you're going to have to condition the room. Yeah, uh, you know, atmospherically, so humidity and all that stuff. No, that's how factor. they heat the rest of the country, right? But <laughs> What they probably didn't do was have sufficient heating and air for those servers. So once the temperature outside became so hot that it became difficult to lower the temperature inside to a sufficient in the data center. Yeah. Right. So that was the problem. They did not expect it to ever get that high. So they they were like, well, we don't want to spend that much money. Yeah. We don't need another those two extra air handlers. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. my guess is also potentially the. Uh, the power grid because would they had that happen yeah. in Texas when sure. the, goes uh, off when the, yeah they said you know you've got AC but please turn them off because we only have so much energy I mean probably same thing happening there people running out buying ACs that yeah. the, the the grid's not used to it and yeah. things are shutting but down. What's interesting though is like they say it was because the it, this seems to be like a feedback loop because I, I was reading the end, of, uh, the end of the article they said this is climate change and as the world heats up right. Now things are hotter, so they did not prepare for that. But they're running these massive data centers, which use tons of energy. Yeah. Right? Just like to your point, like, hey, you're using a lot of yeah. AC. It's, it's kind of taxing the grid. Yeah. We got like this feedback. Well, we got we to you know, cool these things down. But we're going to use a lot of energy to do it. That'd be cool if they could harness the heat and then save it for, yeah. like, how, how's your uh, house heated? Cold? Google, no, no, Google there's the Google, Google farm. Doesn't, doesn't Google claim to have, like, zero carbon emissions or whatever? They, they do. Yeah, so, yeah, I know they've yeah. got tons carbon of solar free. on those things and yeah. stuff, too. So they need a couple more panels out there, and they're good right. to go. Or maybe, yeah. uh, you know, pop one of these uh, centers over in Greenland. Yeah. Well, they've been they, they they've been doing and doing test runs with submerged data submerged centers. Ones. That's right? stuff so yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, those are super cool. So exactly <laughs> in more ways than one. Yeah, that's right. Talk about water cooling yeah. or liquid cooled. Yeah. And yeah, when it comes to overheating, fleet. it's one of those things that once you it gets ahead of you, you can't. It's over. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And you see uh, that temperature ticking up in the server room, going, "It's yeah, going to happen." It's not. I mean, you. It's easier. It's probably easier to maintain it than it is to try to get it back down to a stable operational temperature. But I'm sure they're thinking about it now because. 
because Dan, I know you've worked in uh, you know um, enterprise level organizations. If you have to start shutting servers down, it's a bad day at the office. Oh, I man, they care. do not like that. I was going to say, I don't <laughs> care what your reason is. If that server goes offline, something's wrong, and they're probably losing more money than the, what they would have if they would have just implemented yeah, yeah. some kind of backup system. Uh, well, I have a feeling you'll see investment in the next. Oh yeah, over oh, the sure. next uh, winter time yeah. before next summer, they're going to have. And that's cool. You this. know what though? It's like it's weird problems like this that actually kind of push innovation, mm -hmm. right? Sure. Because you're like, okay, right? We want to be carbon neutral, but we also need that energy. How do we solve this issue? And it's these weird like stresses in life that really gets us to think outside the box and get creative about stuff. So it actually might be a good impetus to seeing new forms of of like powering these things yeah. that that are, are useful. And they should take those underwater um, server capsules, things. yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> have you seen those those power stations that that use like the waves, the motion mm -hmm. of the ocean, and and the jet stream too? They'll like spin like a turbine. Yes. That would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, that, your server farm just spinning underwater, <laughs> yeah. producing its own power, That's right, producing its own power, <laughs> heating the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> That's what we need. Stupid ocean. Yeah, because I want when I catch the fish, it yeah. already be cooked. It's already cooked. Yeah, nothing like your data center being like a a uh, drummer from the '80s video. Yeah, where they're all spinning around and stuff. I'm thinking of Tommy yeah. Lee yeah. with the, the vertical. And you're like, oh, why is he putting on a harness? Where's this man Their going? new song, Google, Google, Google. <laughs> yeah, they, that's how they powered the, yeah, the yeah. concert. That's from right. From him spinning around. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move over now to a fun security one from ArsTechnica.com. Hard-coded password in Confluence apps has been leaked on Twitter. So... Is, is it just – is it like a, a shortcut to, to hard code this password or is it just stupidity? Like what – why why is this hard coded and not something that can be changed? Minor oversight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Minor oversight. Minor nature, oversight. it would I seem. Because like what, what do you do now? So it's hard coded and so what happened is, is the password was leaked now. Everyone yeah. knows what that password is. Is there any fix to that whatsoever? <laughs> yeah, they can there fix is. it. There is. Yeah. How? How do you fix it? So instead of having the password, you put the password somewhere separate and encrypted, and you would have to decrypt it. And then you, you get what I'm saying? Kind of like I think so, yeah. you bring it in in a safe way, and it never actually – so the, the problem with hard-coded credits is you can just read them. They're mm -hmm. just right there, mm -hmm. right? So if I put that in there and you, you look at the files, and there they are. I was actually looking at some firmware the other day and was like bouncing around their Etsy uh, area because it's like a little Linux distribution. And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, what is all these .pem files? Oh, okay, that's their certs. Oops. That's that is hard coded credentials into that firmware. Yeah, they don't expect anybody to ever see it. That's the problem. That's that's usually what ends up happening. Well, no one's going to see this, so it's not a big deal, right? And it does make my life a whole lot easier. So that's why you kind of see hard coded creds. No matter how many times we say don't hard code creds. You got to remember. You probably got somebody over your shoulder going. Done is better than perfect. Mm. Get it out. Let's we don't go. care about clean code. We right. need to deliver. Right. So if your CI/CD pipeline is not all about secure software development lifecycle, then that stuff is going to make it its way out into the real, and you're going to run into Atlassian <laughs> <laughs> getting their butt kicked by having what was a, a really good idea, which was, hey, if if we put this in here, then any of our support staff could, uh, you know, that that work on this specific thing, can log in, help you do the things they need to do because they have a back door. Yeah, and no one knows it's there until they do, and then you got a problem. So, yeah, 
Mm -hmm. And one of their you know their apps was creating a default account that had the hard, that had the hard coded password in there. Uh, and it, I love the, the name disabled system unit. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of some sort of algorithm that like generated a unique password yeah. for that user, the problem is is like your support staff would then not know what that password is because it's unique and it was generated at, at the runtime. Mm -hmm. Right, so you'd be like, I don't know what that is. You'd have to create some mechanism that would then look at. You start to see the problem is it's like you are you're trying to give control to somebody on on the down low. Yeah, right, and it has to be something they know, otherwise you know it, and then you can pass those secrets out. Because once that secret is available, then that's everybody knows it, and people start exploiting it. And that could be one of the difficulties of having like managed service accounts, right? Right. Because there's still going to be some kind of password generation, and whether it's the system doing it or not, and sometimes those type of accounts can just fly under the radar. Right. For years. And that's that's why typically like some sort of uh, remote viewing software is used for support, right? So hey, go to go to my PC or whatever you're going to use. Yeah. And we're going to connect together. You're going to allow this. This is a secure connection. And then this is a one-time thing. It's not like I now have, you know, forever use over your computer where this thing was. This thing did do that and allowed me to do anything I wanted in your system, at least as far as I was reading. And Wes, you, I know you kind of thoroughly went through that mm -hmm. article. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong on that. It basically gave you a user on that system with remote connectivity, and you could do anything you needed to do. So that you could support that user. Yeah, there's a group by default in the software, and it was called uh, Confluence User Group. And when you would install the app, the application, it would automatically create accounts or an account within that group called Disabled System User. And any of the permissions or the data that was viewable by that group automatically got viewed by this Disabled System account or disabled user system account, and um, they would have access to anything else that uh, the Confluence user group had access to. There you go. And this is a good article, too, because it has instructions on how you can go in and see uh, that on your system and mm -hmm. to see if anyone has uh, attempted to. to yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is definitely. cool. But, I mean... Regardless of if someone has or hasn't, are there are there steps you should be taking now? Are we waiting for a patch or? Well, they got some CVs uh, CVEs that are, uh, and I know this right in your realm there, Dan, that have been publicly disclosed. Twenty two, so twenty twenty two, what is it? Twenty six one thirty six, and then twenty twenty two dash twenty six one thirty seven, and they're documented as far as what it contains and the steps that they you need to take. Uh, because one of the things that's different about this one I read is that uninstalling the app that created the account doesn't the account's still there account's the because account stays it's a system yeah, account exactly. it's not like a, a user account in the software itself it creates a system account so an easy way to fix this is to either delete or disable that account and change the password to it mm -hmm. well that's stupid yeah that's dumb as hell <laughs> <laughs> but that would be a really quick and dirty like just etsy password that sucker and go oh yeah there it is and just disable that or change the password to it okay, i just realized you're not saying etsy like like no, we're not an online. No, not the store. ETC. ETC. Okay. Forward slash ETC. Yeah, when you said it before, I was like, yeah. you were browsing around somebody's Etsy profile? That just doesn't sound like you. So I'm looking for some needlepoint. Yeah, so I need a, uh, you know, embroidered purse. <laughs> Isn't that a cookie tin? Yeah. yeah. That's where all that stuff is. I need some is. leather yeah. earrings. <laughs> you know, it sounds like the best way to deal with this one is a hammer. Uh, just a hammer to the machine, and no one's getting it. Done. Well, which is funny, because, like, if really ultimately 
All it does now that I'm thinking about it, all it does is create a user account with a password that the sports staff knows. If you're at that level of of user where you're like installing these pretty advanced pieces of yeah. software, I'm pretty sure you know how to like create a user account and say, "Yeah, log in." It's good. Yeah, you're good <laughs> enough to know at that point that this is not the right way. Look, to Look, I don't need you to give me this this account. I'll just create you one, and then I'll disable it when you're done helping me. And and I know all about it, and it's it's very unique to us in yeah. our our instance. This is not a home use kind of product where where that yeah. would be an issue. Yeah, interesting. All right. Well, uh, speaking of patches, and uh, and in this case, no patch. Uh, <laughs> our next article comes to us from Tom'sHardware.com. Thirty-two bit Linux won't get patched for the latest Intel vulnerabilities. So now is a great time to switch to sixty-four bit. Are they saying that it won't get patched? Right away, or for now, or hey, we're not we're not supporting this anymore. M- move on. They've pretty much stopped supporting patch uh, management for thirty two bit Linux altogether. Yeah, you know, double birds. Yep, <laughs> penguins. Yeah, which is another thing that we t- we talk about Eagles. all the time is about running things like legacy systems and embedded systems that are running those old thirty two bit that you can't update systems. Yeah, and you can't update them. Yeah, that that's where like that's why the IoT market is so like oh no. Uh, bad things are happening because we used an embedded system like your heart pump or whatever, mm-hmm. and now some hacker's in there and he's he's you know playing twinkle twinkle little star with your defibrillator. <laughs> 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 that seems bad. Um, it is <clears throat> because the embedded system is some thirty two you know busy box links or whatever <clears throat> that they have access to. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately in this day and age, if you're using thirty two bit for production systems that that's probably wrong then you deserve to die what you're saying. <laughs> oh, yeah i'm not saying Daniel's that words. you deserve to die oh, okay i thought <laughs> let's not go that far <laughs> drago there but if he dies, it's he not dies. it's <laughs> not a great idea yeah right but i saw stallone talking about him one time he's like this man walks into my casting and he's got this hair that looks like a lawnmower <laughs> <You know? laughs> and he's huge and i'm like yeah he was a specimen of a dude yeah Plus, he's a genius, certified yeah. genius. I heard that. Yeah, he speaks a whole bunch degrees. of languages. Yeah, five, seven languages. He was a, he's in Mensa. He was like a backup to the Olympic team for decathletes. So he could like, he could probably write some patches for who knows, probably. 32-bit yeah. Linux. So, Ivan Drago. Yeah, exactly. So I guess uh, so. The, the, the issue in question here is the – was it called Redbleed? Is that the new Yeah, it's, uh, it's an – you have to help me out with this one. I think it's an an offshoot of uh, like Spectre. Spectre. Or, oh, Spectre. A meltdown and yeah, Spectre. Okay. Yeah, so and it's uh, affecting AMD. One of the worst James Bond films. <laughs> uh, was it Gen 1? Uh, or not, excuse me, Gen 1. Zen 1, Zen 1 Plus, and Zen 2nd generation, as well as Intel uh, Gen 6 through 8 processors. So. Yeah. yeah, so uh, I guess... it's funny because it's like... Why are you using 32-bit architecture? Like, 64-bit's been out for how long now? Long time. Like at this point, it just doesn't seem... I mean, I'm right. sure it's got to be specific use cases. There's always edge cases yeah. for everything. So don't don't get me wrong and say, well, no, Daniel, if, if Bob, you know, if yeah, this were Yeah, but if you've got a company that's got like a couple million dollars invested into a 30-bit, 32-bit right. application and they want to get some ROI on it, yeah. you know, and it, it, you know, it might make sense for them to run it. Yeah. Right? 
but you deal with the it's risk. Like, did you just start this? I just mean, double it, and you have working 64. on this thing for twenty years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's Control C, Control V. You've got a second one. That's sixty-four. Easy. That's by my math. You're all set. All right. Well, if you are running on any of those um, those processors, and you're you've got a, a thirty-two bit. Think about either uh, changing okay. some hardware or changing some some software there because mm-hmm. hardware, it's the hardware. The, the, the hardware. Yeah. Change your <laughs> change your hardware, then you don't have to worry about that software. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's do it. But make sure the new software the software runs on your. Mm-hmm. You your make sure hardware. it's patched up. Well, it's it's already been patched up in uh, the sixty four bit okay. Linux kernel. So, so there you it, go. they've already exactly. they've already done their due diligence yeah. on that side. They just Another they've said years upgrade. ago that yeah. they're, they're or what the last year or sometime they weren't going to do anything else with thirty two bit. But would it be would a reason be that is there is there software out there that exists that still only has or supports a thirty two bit version? Like maybe that's why. Hey, we want to upgrade to sixty four, but this is a a business use case we have for this piece of software that isn't available yet. A lot of times the business use case is the fact that they've spent a lot of money and they don't want to spend more. That's Yeah. But that's not a good it's not a good reason. You know and ultimately like the money the money they don't spend on upgrading tends to come back and bite them. Yeah it's the money you'll spend on the ransom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) The money that you're like, why didn't we do this? (laughs) Really you want me to bring the memos out, Bob? (laughs) Because I brought this uh, up. Yeah. I believe I've mentioned this. I uh let's show you the Technado episode (laughs) from July of twenty twenty two. All right, well, let's take a quick break. Uh, we've got a couple more uh, stories to get to, uh, a couple more Windows Microsoft things. So uh, if you're in that world especially, you'll want to check this out. Coming up right after this break on TechNado with Don Pizzette. My name is Dana Morrison. I'm the IT director at Grace Christian School in Raleigh, North Carolina. I work with two technicians, Buddha and Anthony. We cover all grades at the school. We figure that we support approximately 800 end-user devices. My name is Buda Nepal. I work as IT support here and AV specialist. I moved into IT department and and, and our first meeting, other team members asked me, hey, what's your IT background? And I was like, I don't have any. We have this SharePoint project that we're rolling out. So I was able to go to IT Pro TV and um, watch. by the end of this month, we were actually migrating all our files to SharePoint. I can use IT Pro TV's uh, supervisor portal to check the progress of my technicians so I can see what they're looking at. So when we were doing SharePoint training, I can go in and I can see that Buddha is hitting on that content. I really want to see hands-on how they do things. And if there was an IT Pro TV, I don't know how I would have done that. IT Pro TV has given us the ability to level up our technicians to a point where they can decide this is important for me to learn and go out and learn. At home I have Apple TV and there is an app there and so I actually watch on Apple TV. I, I watch it in my iPad too. Saturday mornings I still get up early, 6.30 I go grab a cup of coffee, I sit down on the couch and I typically watch two or three episodes uh, as I just kind of increase my own learning skill set. I would recommend IT Pro TV to any IT team that is looking to extend their knowledge. Uh, It offers a great, easy-to-access, interactive, entertaining uh, environment. It's just a great tool uh, for any IT professional. IT pros who want to learn on the go? The IT Pro TV Android app is for you. Now it's better than ever with the dashboard view built in. 
Easily resume viewing, see new courses as they're added, and track your hours viewed. Start up your next episode with the touch of a button to binge watch on the go. Track your progress at a glance and download episodes as an annual member for offline viewing. Access all IT Pro TV courses with a simple button. Choose landscape mode for larger viewing. Choose your course by category, certification, or job role. Watch anywhere and pick up later on your favorite devices. So head to the App Store and download the IT Pro TV app. All right, welcome back to Technado with Don Pizzette. Daniel over there enjoying the fake popcorn. We've had some comments of uh, uh, the other week on on YouTube. Was like, how's Daniel not uh, or resisting the urge to eat that popcorn? Here's, it's always sitting there. Here's how. You ready? Here's how. <laughs> oh yeah, I want to hear. Yeah, that was that's the sound actually yeah, bounce. That's actually his tooth. Yeah, yeah we've joked that uh, when those when <laughs> yeah. that fake popcorn came in, we're like, that looks like a, a big bag of teeth. We <laughs> it, does. it does, and it turns out it was um, with cavities, <laughs> <laughs> with existing cavities. Yeah. All right, well, uh, in this next segment, we're going to look back at some news that we have covered before in the segment Deja News. Deja News. All right, this one comes to us from TechCrunch.com. Microsoft will block Office macros by default starting July 27th. No one cares. Which was yesterday. <laughs> and what's interesting about that is we had that exact same headline before Microsoft will start blocking it's macros. But it was a different blocking. date. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm confused because I, I, I read through the article real quick, and it was like we we did it, and then we were like, oh, there was some, some user feedback. But do we have... Any information on what what that feedback yeah, Bill was? Bill Gates was like, "What the hell is wrong with my macros?" Yeah, I mean, <laughs> did they not give people enough warning or something? Was there was there an issue where they were breaking things? <laughs> now, apparently, they got feedback from enterprises that utilized those heavily. Okay, um, why I don't know. That that, that I guess my malware they is they running around. Right right yeah, <laughs> yeah, they got yeah they got all I've these got messages. Full functionality from, of my yeah. operating the, system the, and the, I own my data. The APT groups in the world contacted Microsoft. Well, listen, we have spent hours. North Korea is like, yeah, we've we've macros for years. These suckers just aren't running anymore. I mean, we got to do something about this. <laughs> so, uh, so I guess if if You're crippling you... entire economies, <laughs> We're toppling governments. Yeah. If if you have a um, some sort of business use case that that relies on macros, you've got to go and what like to do a group policy something to to turn this setting off. Then? It seems like they could configure everything with GPOs. I don't know why they couldn't configure portions of the office suite like yeah. that. If it's something you need, just turn it back on. Because you so, can turn this off. I yeah. mean, this is a, now it's off by default, but you yeah. can turn it on. Whereas before it was on by default and you could turn it off. Yes. It's like okay. a light switch. So I, correct me if I'm wrong, Wes, but I think that like this has been a cat and mouse game they have played for many years. Yeah. It's, right? Yeah. Once they the office suite came out and all these cool macros you could run inside of these things became like a well-known thing, virus writers, malware writers started taking advantage of that fact. And then they said, whoa, this is a real problem. So they shut it off by default. And then we saw macro viruses kind of go down. Mm -hmm. Right, because it wasn't running by default, and it was harder to to get people with it. But then, for some so, reason, turned back. Well, on. they said, "Man, macroviruses really aren't a problem anymore. Uh, Turn it on by default." And then, 
guess what? Macroviruses started rising. Almost overnight. Yeah, it's weird how that works. And then they went, what the hell is going on? Turn them off. And back and forth and back yeah. and forth. So they specifically call these Visual Basic applications or VBA macros. Is that the same thing? I mean, because I've heard macros forever, but I've never heard it called that. VBA is that just, just a the, longer way the of language saying it? that they use yeah. to okay. write the macro. So the same things you'd have in, in Excel when you're running a macro or something like right. that. I can, I can make some VBA code that... So the... When you create a macro inside of your, uh, you know, Word document or your Excel spreadsheet, it runs it like code, right? Because it, it is code. It just goes, oh, it's just like these little snippets mm -hmm. of code. They're so nice and sweet. And they do this cool little thing. And so since I have that code and it's willing to run said code, I can then say, hey, while you're doing whatever, also run some PowerShell or run this, you know, C-sharp stuff and, and and have a good time with that i don't know if it'll run compile code but yeah it'll i mean you can you can run inline uh c sharp in windows in the on the command line there is a, a capability of doing that but typically it's just powershell me up and with that powershell i can create network sockets i can grab files i can do all sorts of crazy mm -hmm. stuff and now it's downloading like your second stage and connecting to c2 and doing all sorts of horrible stuff creating users and backgrounding all this stuff and obfuscating and hiding and all because you allowed a macro. See, I've written a macro that automatically turns off macros uh, <laughs> if they're on. It's like that that uh, thing where you there, have you seen that little box where you flip a switch yeah. and an alarm yeah, comes yeah, out, turns yeah. it back on. Yeah, yeah it's the same the kind do of thing. Nothing box or whatever. It's the Inception macro. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. It's a macro within a macro. What do you think? I mean, did you really do that? Did you no. write that? No. That would be cool. <laughs> the hell would I know how to do that? <laughs> I mean, you could look stuff where would like I start? that. Where would I start? Google it. Yeah, I guess I'd Google it. <laughs> but I should have said yes. Damn it. That was me. All right. Well, uh, yeah, if you're relying on macros for anything and you were so happy that that functionality came back by default, it's gone now. Do you, uh, does anybody here use macros? Like, I don't. In that way? No. I mean, I've, I've done things in Excel before where, where I've, you know, created one based on something just to run once, but right. never where I would need it, like, to run by default. Yeah, the only table I pivot is the table that the computer's on when I'm trying to run Excel. The table that the, the pizza's on. The whole I, thing. I, I feel like, you know that meme where like uh, it's Steve Carell from The Office and he's getting like an award and the meme is, you know, uh, the only person to pass the phishing campaign oh, uh, with flying colors and it's like... Because didn't check his yeah, email. Doesn't or... open email ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of that person when it comes to uh, The Office Suite. I don't really use it. I never have. I know. I I don't know hardly anything about Excel. Yeah. Word. I know I can put a picture in there and a graph or something, but I don't really use it. Mm -hmm. Well, I know Daniel that IT Pro so. TV has courses in <laughs> they Excel. They do. They do. Uh, so check those out. Ronnie and I actually did one way back when uh, in the like the for dummies series. Did you really? Uh, I think that was like 2016. Excel, oh yeah, but, back uh, in the day. High quality. Uh, oh, I forgot we had pivot done that. table stuff. Like yeah, that. exactly. That was on Amazon Prime, actually, of all things. So you could go watch, you yeah. know, your marvelous Miss Maisel and then Ronnie and I. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's I funny it's when you now. can you can Amazon search your own name. Yeah, <laughs> you, you come like, up. Oh yeah. man, look at, look at that idiot! <laughs> What's happening? Uh, well, sticking with Deja News, uh, we've got another one here from ZDNet, also about Microsoft. Uh, Windows 11 is getting a new security setting to block ransomware attacks. Microsoft releases a new default policy to thwart credential attacks, which is also heading to Windows 10, because as we mentioned earlier today, a lot of people still using that. So uh, what do we know about these ransomware attacks and, and how we're, we're stopping them? 
That's a lie. It's nothing. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. It's that's why it's, it's, not, it's really not. Yeah. It's not a single thing that's new. It's been in, built into the Windows operating system and controlled either through local policy uh, or group policy and Active Directory domains. And what it is, it's an, it's an account policy. So, you know, we have complexity rules that uh, are pushed out during, you know, in enterprises. You have to have a, you know, a strong password. So many characters. You know, how long before you have to change it? How many days do you have to use it? Right. All of that stuff we've probably, if you're, you know, coming from an enterprise environment, you've been uh, confronted with at least once or twice. Well, in those same settings, uh, there's something known as an account uh, lockout threshold. And just by default, it's not turned on. So the new security feature is we turn the turn light switch on. on. Yeah, It's new. You like that? Well, that's stupid. That's a great yeah. title there, isn't it? Yeah, because I'm, I'm security feature. I'm looking at this article, and it's got you know, there's a quote from this guy, the uh, the vice president of OS security and enterprise. So clearly, oh, yeah. it's got to be new. No. So this is when a marketer gets a hold of things. Mm. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> we've ruined everything. Be the change you want to see in the world, there, Peter. Yeah, yeah the, these are settings that are essentially in group policy objects, whether they're the local policy, you know, a standalone machine that's not in an Active Directory domain, or you can configure it through group policy objects in an Active Directory domain. But like uh, we've been mentioning, it's just turned off by default. And now they decided, hey, we're going to go ahead and we'll turn that on, which, I mean, you know, it does make sense from a, you know, a business perspective, but... Well, I've gone ahead and written a macro to turn it back off. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, should be yeah, because that's the way it's got to be. Well, we had some fun with uh, this little thing, kind of like yes. sparked up a, a, an interesting conversation between Wes and I today, where we were like, "Well, you know, Windows 11 is doing a bunch of weird stuff. Like, you can't create, you can't like uh, when you install Windows 11 home, home. Yep. Right. You have to have a Microsoft account. There right. is no like, yeah, we got around that really quickly." Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and, and the thing is, it doesn't affect Windows 11 Home because Group Policy is not even available for Windows 11 Home, right. and you're going to be logging in anyways with a Microsoft account, so it's going to be it's going to be through the cloud. Yeah. Hmm. So it was it was it was fun. Mm -hmm. Windows, interesting, fun. Yeah, sounds like a blog post. Making right. make, that's what I told him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, making coming a, soon. Uh, now we've said it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the hook now. Good luck with that. <laughs> back, to the, back to the marketing team, screwing right. things up for you. I, I think they're. I think the you know the the intent behind it's great, but to call it something new, uh, it's a little right. misleading. Yeah. So I've changed the headline to Windows 11 Old pushes feature. button. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. It turns the light switch on. Yeah. Good Flip switch. Yeah, but the switch does something, so that's good. So. Something that's been there for. I still Ever. think. I'll tell you what, though. You know, I, we, yeah, I'm sitting here joking around about it, and Dan and I were talking about this as well when we were, you know, having fun with Windows 11 Home. Is that I didn't realize? Maybe you can talk about this because I know you've been doing a lot of stuff in the web. Is that still the main bread and butter for uh, ransomware attacks is RDP, mm -hmm. Remote Desktop Protocol, session endpoints that are out there where people can connect to them. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. Well, I mean, this will like help alleviate some of that because there is like password policy that is now turned on by default and not turned off by default. I would, I, I, it just boggles my mind that you would have an active directory and RDP and all this other stuff, this high level things that, that really take some knowledge and thought to, to even just get going 
well. Yeah. And they would not do any kind of security like, hey, you know what we should do is if I don't log into this thing correctly, you know, six times or so, it locks me out for 30 minutes. Short session times yeah. timeouts, well, right. right? This it, is a part of password policy. Yeah. I mean, is there a reason why this wouldn't have been on by default before? Just no. oversight? Okay. So and here's well, another thing. Some people have like, it, it, it's kind of a philosophical like how many log, how many uh, attempts is a right? How long should I lock you out for? Yeah, should I unlock you at all? Or yeah, you I love those call a help desk images of like toddlers that have locked their their parents' iPads yeah. for like years. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, happened to one. It happened to one of the iPads I had. My yeah. youngest really? did, sure did. I had to go through the whole Apple uh, account and to get back into it. But um, that's when you bury it in the gr- in the backyard like a time capsule. <laughs> have all my Bitcoin on it. <laughs> Bring this one back in five years. But yeah. if you think about it, one, you know, kind of building off what you were saying, Dan. Think about. Uh, I know when I come in on Monday morning and I type a password, it takes me six or seven times just to get that password right. And if I haven't had my coffee, it could be a lot more. So well, I could denial a service my attack myself. Yeah. On Monday, coming in exactly. and logging the password. That's a feature, actually. Yeah. Yes. A little yes. more weekend for you. See, I've yeah. done that where, like, on my normal keyboard, I have, like, it's the muscle memory of certain passwords, like, oh, and then I do shift that. And then when I'll get on a mobile one where I'm not like this, but I'm using my thumbs, yeah. it's like, oh, wait, do totally I shift on that one or well, do plus, I? Plus, it's yeah. so easy to fat finger something on a oh, yeah. touchpad. So. Yeah. And for home users, it doesn't really affect them. And let me be specific when I say this. It doesn't affect them directly if they're using Windows 11 Home because of the way you log into that type of machine, unless you do like Dan and I did and you bypass it. Um, <laughs> but if you're running the Windows 11 Pro, it does affect you yeah. because you do have the security policies that will that that'll be turned on right. by default. And I can see somebody that if they've been using Windows for a very long time, just from an end user standpoint, all of a sudden now they're not really sure why they're actually locked out of their machines mm-hmm. that could potentially cause problems for people. Yeah. Or, or maybe they, or maybe the hackers are the ones disappointed at home going, <laughs> yeah. I used to be able to get into this. How did I? Yeah. Why yeah. is this no longer my thing? Well, there's always credential stuffing and uh, key, uh, password spraying techniques that just get still very very useful yeah well you, if you're being like targeted by somebody like a real apt or whatever then they're gonna see that oh wes uh, monday morning after lunch those are good times to like throw passwords at the system because mm. sure it looks like normal it, traffic. Right, it, it bleeds mm-hmm. into the noise yeah mm-hmm. right it, it happens so wes might come back from lunch try to log in and get like a lockout and be like oh that's weird He's just gonna but call us help, right? Yeah. yeah, he might not think nothing of it at that point in time, you know. Oh, I fat fingered my my password a couple of times. Now you know Monday morning is the time to hack yeah. West. Yep. Here's after right. lunch, or after lunch, could yeah. I come back skunk, skunk drunk? Sure, because yeah, there's <laughs> barbecue sauce on his fingers and he's yeah, slipping all over the keyboard. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's licking the keyboard. But that's that's a security feature as well because no one wants to touch his. No, 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 man, no. It's toxic. It is nasty ants it's and everything. Just like a yeah. just, a, just a light over the keyboard shows you which barbecue stains have oh, the most, okay. or the keys have the most barbecue stains. Oh, that's smart. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. Valley Forge. Feel for, the, feel for them, them sticky keys. That's right. All right, I want to let you know about a couple of webinars that are coming up here over at IT Pro TV. First, we have Thursday, August 4th, How to Get into IT. It's a Q&A with Don Pizzette. Um, So you can head over to itpro.tv slash webinars and register for that one. And then we've got another one, All Things Cybersecurity, with our own Daniel Lowry and Ben Fink. Again? Yeah, you're going to keep doing those, apparently. Yeah, it looks like we're still doing that. Uh, See what happens when you do it right? I mean, we do those things, and, and we've got, you know, 
35 questions at least coming in, you know, hundreds of viewers. And and, and this last week, people getting a little teed off that, that we weren't getting to their questions. We're like, look. Like we have unlimited time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you all kept up with the questions. Oh Those chat control. boxes were yeah. moving. Yeah. yeah. We, we had people going, I don't think you've queued my question. I'm like, oh, sir, I've queued your question. <laughs> <laughs> it is coming up. Um, so, yeah, that's always fun. But uh, those ones are good. That's Thursday, August 18th. So check that out. And if you missed any of the last ones and you want to check them out, uh, head over to itpro.tv slash webinars where you can see the full archive of the on-demand ones as well because we, we save them all for you because we, mm-hmm. know, we know it might be different time zone where you are. Or you never know. Or you fell asleep at work. It happens. Or you, you were locked out because yeah. someone tried your password many, many times and it didn't work. Uh, also, yeah, <laughs> also want to, that's right after lunch. That's our problem. That's right. uh, also want to let you head over to technado.com and uh, see all the, the past episodes. Check out the swag store. Uh, meet the, the team that works behind the scenes here. Uh, and you can also hit the big orange button uh, up at the corner that says sponsored by IT Pro TV. And you can get 30% off of your personal subscription to IT Pro TV. You can also request a team trial and find out all the great features available to teams like the Pro Portal. Uh, that's from IT Pro TV as well. So check that out, technado.com. Uh, also send us some some mail. Tell us what we said wrong this episode mm-hmm. or what we said right. Or Don't worry. You anything. don't have to tell people to tell us what we yeah. said. Or, we'll know. Or, yeah. you know. They'll tell us. Or try to DDoS us. Uh, you know, don't or, do that. What's it called when you when you just bomb a, an email bo- or account, like email bombs Spam? or something? Oh, a mail bomb? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, try that. Um <laughs> Do we have, have caption on there? No? Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. All right. Well, thank you, all of you. Well, thank you, Wes, yeah, as well, for oh, joining absolutely. us this it's week. Fun. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll see if we can convince Don to go on vacation again because yeah, we're a just, lot you know, smoother. Give it a I thought you said he died. Give it a couple days. I, I said we're not sure. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it could be gotcha. a deep fake. <laughs> I need to see him in this chair uh and and take a dna sample wes is just like assuming the don Pizet, like he's yeah. taking his name be- I'm, I'm don brian now i'm don yeah. Piz- don p brian like in the marvel universe you just rip the face yeah. off and it's yeah. down underneath don mission brian. impossible they, yeah those masks are amazing those guys use. all right well thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week right here on tech NATO with don Pizet. 